23 past 7 o'clock on a Thursday morning. Joining us now in our studios, we have Northfield Area Fire and Rescue Chief Tom Nelson. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Jeff. How are you today? I'm doing well. And you brought uh, Tex Edwards, Brian Edwards from Northfield Hospital and Clinics Emergency uh, Medical Services. Tex, good morning. Good morning. I like to think I brought... Tom. <laughs> yeah, I gave him plenty of heads up. I think I stopped out yesterday and said, uh, how about you be on the radio with me this morning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot of things going on uh, with the uh, summer. I, you know, see, the summer is here and you think, okay, or I think of my part, you know, it, uh, it used to be a lot easier. And now there's so many things going on that it's, it's busy, but at least it's fun things that are going on. But you, you, you combine fun things with uh, 90 plus degree heat. And I, I would imagine you guys have seen some some bad things happen. Yeah, and I asked Brian to come in because yesterday, you know, yesterday was warm enough that we're all like, oh, yeah, it's kind of sweaty. The humidity wasn't super high, which is good, but we all know it's coming. And so I said, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we've seen collectively um, with how the, the heat affects people, um, especially kids and Tex and I can say, yes, we are now in the 55-plus area, so welcome aboard. But I thought Brian would bring a good perspective on some of the things he, he and his crew on the ambulance see on the pre-hospital side. Yeah. Tex, why don't you uh, let us know what's going? What's a common thing or what's some of the more common things that you see? So there's, there's really three types of heat emergencies that, that we typically encounter. Um, uh, heat cramps, heat exhaustion, and heat stroke. And of those three... Heat stroke is a life-threatening emergency. Now, it doesn't, it's not really a stroke. I'm, I'm not even sure how that name came to be. Um, but uh, a heat stroke is a true medical emergency. And that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's defined as the body has lost its ability to cool itself. And so that's a, that patient is going to present very um, hot skin, dry skin. It might be damp from having previously sweated, but they stopped sweating at this point. Um, rapid, strong pulse rate, heavy breathing, labor breathing, Probably nausea, um, fainting, loss of consciousness, altered mental status, altered mentation, things of that nature. That's a true life-threatening emergency. We don't see those frequently, thank goodness, um, uh, because most people, when they get into the heat exhaustion phase, is when they start to realize, hey, something's going on here. I need to slow down. I need to cool off. Um, that's at the point where the body's still able to cool itself, so you'll have some profuse sweating. The skin may even feel cool to the touch. Um, they'll still have a rapid pulse rate, but their breathing will be fine. They might be a little nauseated um, uh, or lightheaded, but um, uh, you could still quickly recover from that through active cooling and, and taking in fluids. Yeah, that's um, the next question is what do people uh, who are witnessing this, maybe with a friend, a loved one, right, a family that's a member, great question. You, you call uh, EMS and you guys come out, but in that, in that short term, what should they be doing? So the, the most important thing is to stop or get them out of the, 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 the hot environment, get mm -hmm. them into a cool environment. Now, you don't want to go into someplace really cold. You don't want to use cold water to cool someone off because they'll start shivering. And when you shiver, that's your body's way of producing heat. So we don't want to drive that core temperature up any, any more than, than it already is. Um, giving them fluids if they can drink, if they're not, uh, you know, if they're, if they're able to follow directions, giving them cool fluids to drink or, or uh Energy drinks, Gatorade, things of that nature. Pro not a product placement ad there. Um, <laughs> cool, get, getting their clothes off, fanning them, things of that nature. We we even have uh, fans that we purchase to do rehab for fire scenes that sit on top of a bucket of ice water, and then they suck up 
this water into a mist that a, a fan blows out. So we don't carry those on the ambulances. They're too bulky. But that gives you an idea of what you should try to do to cool somebody off. And back to your question, Jeff, I think it's important, too, that um, I think of the people further on the age spectrum at either end is that um, one of my kids, a couple of my kids would be, they're really heat susceptible. And you don't, you really have to keep an eye on them because all of a sudden they come in and they look like they're going to crash. And so keep an eye on the kids. And on the other end of the spectrum, you know, they don't have as well circulation. And so you're not going to see the big red skin and they may not notice it as much. And so hydration and the other thing too, it seems like um, there's a lot of people that well, I don't want to drink a lot of water because it's just going to, you know, then I just have to create urine. And, and so they kind of withhold water. And so it, it's just important to keep everyone hydrated this time of year. Now, from a standpoint of uh, being the fire chief, uh, you get a firefighter out there in this heat dressed up in their fire clothing. If they do a fire call going inside a hot fire, I'm guessing you really have to keep a close eye on everybody that's uh, on the scene during a, a situation like that. Right. We have a great partnership with, with Northfield Hospital EMS, and anytime we have any kind of working fire in our district, they are there for standby and for rehab. And so, like you said, especially during uh, this time of year when, when it's super hot and you're going into a hot environment and you're wearing a lot of clothing, um, we keep water um, in one of our trucks, there's little fridges that we keep water in. And typically when there's a call like that, EMS is there with a cooler or water, and they're really monitoring our folks. We bring them out. They go over and they see the EMS crew. They get out of that stuff, and they get an assessment, and they rehab before they pick up everything and go back into work. So it's a good, it's, it's a good uh, setup that we have. But, again, we all have to keep an eye on each other because typically people don't say, you know, I think I'm going to go take a break and go over and rehab. They're, they say, let's go back in, let's get this out. No, yep. you need to go sit down for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sometimes have to pull a rank with them. I go yep. to Tom and say, all right, that guy needs to come out or, or that firefighter needs to come out and go through rehab. Uh, once again, we're talking with uh, Tom Nelson from uh, Northfield Area Fire and Rescue and then uh, Tex Edwards from Northfield uh, Hospital Emergency Medical Services. Uh, we're talking about heat and things that happen in the summertime. You, you, you'd mentioned heat cramps. Is that is kind of the, the, the first in the stage uh, of... <clears throat> well, it, it, no, it's not... It's not necessarily it first. It, necessarily it, can, it can occur, okay. um, and it generally occurs in someone who's producing a lot of sweat uh, and not taking in enough fluid and electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can progress into heat exhaustion without ever going through the heat cramp phase. Uh, we see heat cramps in, in uh, persons that are working outside, strenuous work outside, athletes, uh, cross-country runners, uh, rarely golfers. Um, you know, We were discussing <laughs> golf earlier. Not, not exactly a stressful sport. Except when it I'm gets playing. hot out. Except there. when I'm playing, um, but yeah. So heat cramps don't. Uh, you know, that's it's pretty infrequent thing that we would get called for because it, heat cramps can be so painful that people stop what they're doing and start taking in fluids and electrolytes to try to reverse it. Mm-hmm. Heat exhaustion is much more common. And, and I one of the things I wanted I f- failed to mention earlier is if there's ever any doubt about what's going on, call 911, call for EMS. We will come out and do the evaluation of the patient, transport if necessary. Um, if it's a life-threatening emergency, those persons have to be seen by a physician in the hospital, and we have to get their, their core body temperature down. Do you see any other uh, like weather-related, different types of emergencies in the summertime than uh, maybe you would in some of the other times of year? Um, car accidents. We yes. were talking about that. Um, and then uh, water-related emergencies. Um, uh, and then what's the uh, – there's another one. Um, 
carbon monoxide poisoning own boats. Yeah, some that's kind that, of a new one. That, yeah, that's kind of an interesting hmm. phenomenon that occurs. That carbon monoxide uh, from the exhaust of the boat. The exhaust yeah. of a boat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the yeah. things you don't think about. Yeah. But yeah, this, I mean, uh, we all think Minnesota, oh man, the wintertime is when all the crashes are. And we've all heard it, you know, whether it's coming out of the state patrol or uh, the, the county sheriff, uh, Jesse Thomas, has talked a lot about it. But there's a lot of crashes this time of year. We're all traveling. We're all getting out. And um, we all are guilty of complacency when it's nice out. The roads are fine. You know, we're just kind of tooling along. We've had a couple crashes. Um, not significant injuries, but that could have been significant. Where, you know, who knows the cause if it's texting and driving or you know not paying attention or just not being as aware as we are when it's like raining or snowy um you got to have that same diligence when you're driving uh now even if it's nice out to make sure that you're paying attention Mm -hmm. all the construction going on i mean that's a scary time for the construction folks and if we are on the scene as as responders um summertime is is a very dangerous time on the road for all of us so we just want to make sure people think about that and really focus on driving there's a lot of people that are just getting their license and so be hyper vigilant and make sure that that uh, you know your surroundings and that you're paying attention Mm -hmm. uh let's uh, shift gears a little bit tom i want to ask you something about and that's about uh fire danger uh right now we're it looks like we've got another drought. We might have been out of it before, but we're right back into it this summer. Uh, expecting some rain this weekend, and that would certainly help. But right now, is there a pretty high risk of fire? And as far as putting restrictions on that, is that your call? And um, Typically, we work with the sheriff's office and the DNR, and they're the ones. We kind of follow their recommendations because they are keeping track of all the meteorological... Meteorology? Meteor- all the weather, weather stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah, to make sure that... Um, what the the status of the weather is, and then they put out the burning bans, and then counties, Rice and Dakota County, we follow suit with them. Um, so right now, I don't believe we're under a burning ban. I know we've got the air quality alert, and so that's another thing to be thinking about is do we really want folks adding more junk particulates to the air? Um, we've had a couple grass fires this week, which is kind of surprising. Typically, once we get through the spring, we don't see that. And so, again, folks just need to be paying attention. And um, when they when they get their permit, the dispatchers know if there is a burning ban or not. And if you go to the DNR site and activate your permit in Rice County, it'll tell you if you can or can't burn. So, But, yeah, it is up and dry again. And hopefully this is just a, a little bit of a flash, and then we're going to get some rain. Yeah. And, and Tex, let me ask you this. Uh, Tom had mentioned the particulates in the air. Uh, we've had that, that Canadian smoke coming down yeah. from all the fires they've had. Has uh, EMS had some issues with that? Have you seen some uh, people uh, suffering ill effects? You know, I, I can't speak to that. I haven't looked at the call volume or, or any numbers over the last couple of weeks. I was on a fishing trip last week um, in northern Minnesota, and we had a lot of that stuff blow in from, from uh, Canada. Um, I took some pretty good photos of the uh, sunset that was occurring in the in the middle of the afternoon because the the uh, orange hue wow um I, I can't really speak to that I, I know that some people are very susceptible to that um those with pre-existing medical conditions respiratory diseases things of that nature 
Uh, it would not surprise me if we had some calls related to that. We had a couple of real bad days, is yeah. probably while you were yeah. gone, that, uh, you know, I went outside just walking from my car into the uh, house or walking around the yard. Your eyes would be burning. Yeah. yeah it uh, it was, uh, I've never seen it uh, that bad. And, and we've had, I believe, the worst day uh, in Minnesota in the metro area. As long as they've been recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is 40 yeah. plus years. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was serious. Uh, once again, uh, we were talking with uh, Fire Chief. Chief uh, Tom Nelson and also uh, Tex Edwards from Northfield EMS. We got a couple more minutes. I wanted to ask you, also ask you about you. You went through a phase, and I'm just saying. Let me rephrase. That. You well, went through a phase. Go, we're going to go deep here. <laughs> Bring my therapist next time. <laughs> yeah, or my spouse. Yeah. No, the uh, Northfield uh, Fire Department and now NAFERS uh, has purchased uh, a number of new, uh, updated a lot of their equipment that had been dated. Uh, where are you at in that now? Is everything up? and dated uh up and going are you still waiting delivery is there uh uh are there issues with supply chains because that is such a specialty uh specialty field yeah that's a great question jeff um sean simonson is leading our our capital equipment committee and we have in the budget uh a new replacement main fire engine and the the tough thing is it's sort of like waiting for christmas that's not going to be for a couple years so right now, first of all, the pricing of any emergency apparatus, and I'm sure Brian has the same issue on the ambulance side, is it's up probably a third or more nationwide to buy fire apparatus. And so uh, in addition to that is right now we're close to signing a contract for this new uh, pumper, and it's going to be delivered in 2025. And so they're saying, oh, yeah, 24 months. There's one manufacturer that's out 40 months. And you know, it's, there's, you know, everyone says COVID. Well, there is a lot of that. There's, there's worker shortage. There's supply chain shortages still. Um, and, you know, new EPA requirements for diesel engines are coming up again in 2026. And so you have to make sure that engines are tooled up for that. So that means they have a short supply of engines that maybe don't comply. So there's a lot of things that's a perfect storm that are coming in. But it is, um, you know, we've had our replacement schedule has had to extend. You know, we used to replace every seven years. And the the pumper that we're going to be replaced, by the time we get it, it'll be 10 years old. So, you know, you're really having to make sure to take care of what you got and um, then also have your spec together and know that, okay, in a couple of years, we'll see this. So yeah, it's a weird time. And I'm sure the text has the same on, on the ambulance side. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. We, just to give you an example, in January of last year, we placed an order for three new ambulances um, built on Ford chassis manufactured by a company named Leader. Um, they, they're a vehicle manufacturing facility out in LA and uh, we were supposed to have all three of those delivered over a time period with the most recent ambulance being delivered by midsummer. We've yet to see any of those. And right now we're actually reaching out to other dealers to see if we can find the chassis for the ambulances because that seems to be the weak point. Boy, so, that's a year and a half. Yeah, we have two ambulances that should have been replaced last year that uh, we're, we're still keeping in service. All so. right. Well, hopefully take care of those. Yeah, hopefully they're yeah. running well. Wow. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, anything else you'd like to mention while we have you here? So just a couple of things about, again, it seems like we talk about it every time, but smoke alarms and CO alarms in houses 
Uh, we've had, I bet, four in the past couple of weeks of CO alarms going off in people's residences. And we don't typically think about it this time of year because uh, not many of us are running our furnace. But uh, it's just a reminder to everyone this is a good time of year to go look at them. They are good for 10 years. And they, they all have dates on them. And once they get beyond 10 years, then, and of course, like we've talked before, they never go off at noon um, as a false alarm or failing. They go off at 2 in the morning. And so um, use these nice days to say, hey, what are you going to do this evening? I think I'm going to check the dates on the CO alarms and on the smoke alarms. And if they're over 10 years, we're going to replace them. So it'll save you the headache um, of having them go off unnecessarily. Um, and then you know everything's working. So I just wanted to throw that out as an important little PSA to make sure people take a look at those. All right. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in. Much appreciated. We'll talk to you again maybe next month. Thanks, Jeff. It's always a pleasure. Mm -hmm. That's uh, Northfield Area Fire and Rescue Chief uh, Tom Nelson, along with uh, Brian Edwards, text from Northfield uh, Hospital and Clinics Emergency Medical Services. 95.1 FM, AM 1080, KYMN Northfield.